After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. Some might say we're so ad we're good. That's right, we're here to talk about commercials today. We're talking about the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Kenny, I'm about to put you in a fish tank. What? My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hey, Vives. Hey, Andrew. I slipped in our secondary tagline there at the top. Was it smooth as silk? It was really smooth when you, like, looked at me, like, trepidatiously as you said it. You need to understand something, which I would think that you do understand by this point, is that everything I do on the show is just to get a reaction from you. (laughs) Not always good. And not always just on the show. (laughs) No, that's true, too. Andrew told me over the weekend, we watched watched Joker, and we finished watching it, and I said, oh, I liked that. And you were kind of quiet for a while, and then you later said, I need to see that movie again without thinking that you're not going to like it, because it kind of ruined the experience for me. Because I thought you didn't like it the whole time. I think you're somewhat mischaracterizing that. I mean, the the basis of what you're saying is true. I don't know if this is the right time to get into it. We haven't even talked about what we're talking about on the show today. Not Joker, necessarily. But you ever have that situation where somebody else watching something with you can have an effect yeah. on how you feel about it. There was a movie that I really, really liked that I thought was weird and cool. And uh, then I watched it with somebody who I knew was a little bit more cynical than me and they would make some noises and I'd be like, oh my God, they're not <laughs> liking it. And then it affected, I was seeing it through their eyes. Now, you weren't making noises or grumbling about it, but for some reason you had quoted a review going into that movie about something that's one reviewer thinks is wrong with it and so that was first and foremost on my mind this is not your fault at all and it's not that I didn't like it it was just that I kept on watching the movie through that particular filter (laughs) and I assumed that you were as well and then when you came out of the movie just thinking I loved it it was great without too many caveats and I realized I'd been caveating it the whole time I do wonder if I would enjoy going back and watching it again so I don't know if we really said different things there but it wasn't like you ruined it for me I was just in my head a bit out about it. Well, so maybe maybe try not to do that so much. Welcome to After These Messages. <laughs> we're bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. Uh, we're going to talk about commercials. Um, okay, so what is coming up on today's show? It's not about movies or Joker or my deficiencies as a movie watcher. Right. Well, one of the things that, that this show is about, and it's about a few things this week, which it's sort of a hodgepodge. One of the things is about how we market to our girls and all the awesome messages that in this era of women's empowerment are still being taught to them through marketing. Um, And then I have um, a little Andy's Corner. I saw a commercial on TV the other day that I could not believe is still in rotation. And it turns out it is the longest running commercial of all time, at least here in the United States. So uh, listeners, take a guess at what you think that commercial is right now, and all will be revealed in about a half hour. Um, And then we got tons of voicemails today, Vives. We got some jingles. I I don't think we have so much from the Ad Council. I don't know that we're going to be able to get through all of it, but that's always a good sign. We can always bring you more next week as well. So thanks for being a great Ad Council.
another empowering song for women. This is the perfect song for for what we're going to talk about. This actually kind of got onto our radar, I think, in a sort of roundabout way. We were just watching um, Ghostbusters, right? The original Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters. The one that didn't ruin my childhood. Right. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Um, uh, Oh, you mean the one where someone gets a blowjob from a ghost? That's a that's oh that's right yeah um, I left the room for that and then I came in near the end that's the Rick Moranis character no it's the Dan Aykroyd character oh the Dan Aykroyd character yeah so anyway that's not super germane um, <laughs> hi kids <laughs> uh, so we're watching we're watching uh, Ghostbusters and we're noticing that a lot of the ads are for kids stuff and it's like a nine o'clock movie. And so we we realize like oh this is this is a movie that they assume parents are watching and maybe parents are watching it around the time that kids are going to bed so that's sort of like it's kind of kid appropriate most of it is anyway mm-hmm. but it's mostly a nostalgia factory for people who are who have school aged children right right so your theory is maybe even it's the type of thing where you can start watching with the kids then you put them to bed before the ghosts start going down on humans exactly right that's my theory mm-hmm. um so so anyway we don't watch a ton of tv that is either aimed at children or parents and so this, so we were seeing some ads we don't normally see and what really jumped out at us was this first one something called lol surprise chalet yes which that just sounded I like hate everything a word this. salad to me like wait what lol surprise chalet can i just play the commercial yeah um, I'm not sure how obvious it'll be yeah, what's happening. It's basically like a lot of these commercials today. It's like a, it's all song, basically. I don't know if there's any voiceover in this one at all. Maybe at the end. Um, you see, uh, you know, like kids playing with these little dolls that are about the size of what? Maybe like G.I. Joe figures, a little bit smaller than that, I think. But it's basically kind of a Kardashian world. Yes. Everybody's all glittered out and fashionable. These dolls are, I should say. And they're all playing on this, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Like a, well, it's a ski play set. A it's play a, set. Of a ski chalet. Exactly, yeah. There's an ice slide into a hot tub, by the way, that these little dolls are going into. Are these Cupid dolls? I mean, they have big heads and big eyes, which is what you're going to... What I'm noticing with all the dolls now, I think mm. Bratz really started this. Mm. Bratz now, of course, is pretty old itself, but this is more along... This is closer to a Bratz style than it is a Barbie style. And I wonder if it also plays into this. I mean, a lot of those filters on Instagram and stuff give people these big cartoonish, almost anime eyes now. It's kind of a it's kind of a modern faux beauty thing going on. So it turns out the LOL Surprise Chalet is just one of many playsets made by LOL Surprise dolls. There's yes. a glamping one I came There's across. There's a glamping one. Um, and then Surprise, I think, is a brand that uh, is showing up all over the place because there's another ad that I think I have in here where you... It's all about... Did you notice that unboxing was a part of that yeah, ad? Yeah, Unboxing... Like the dolls are almost unboxing, the, the tiny little that's boxes. That's exactly what's yeah. happening. So everyone knows what unboxing is, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's this huge trend on YouTube where I think it started with sort of like moms doing it. 
Um, but now kids are doing it. This is from an, uh, an article in Vox. The huge genre of YouTube videos in which video makers simply open packages, be they toys or expensive gadgets or enviable sneakers or crates of beauty products. The draw is the secondhand thrill of someone else's purchase, the joy of envying another person's newly acquired goods. Um, it's in a huge industry. There are children who are child YouTube stars whose parents are facilitating this. Uh, there's one named uh, Ryan Toys Review. I assume Toys Review is not his family name. Mm. Uh, that nets enough views to make about a million dollars a month in advertising revenue. Wow. But By the way, going back to something for a second, or did I already forget, you started to say, is Surprise like a brand, like you have LLL, LOL Surprise and other versions of Surprise? Yeah, I think Surprise is a brand, or it's, or if not, it's being used by a lot of brands. But there, there are all these toys now that revolve around this idea of the thing that you get is you experience it as some kind of unboxing experience. I see. Thus the surprise. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, why don't you try this rainbow surprise by Poopsie? Okay. Okay. Are you sure? Is this going to be? Oh, there's a lot of things too with like unicorns and 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 like. Uh, I mean, slime has always been like a popular thing mm -hmm. for kids to play with. But it's being like now slime has been rebranded for girls as a lot of it's a sparkly slime. It's like glitter slime. And, and a lot it, of it's like unicorn poo. And is this the one where they're putting the slime into like plastic skirts and shirts for the dolls yes, so that exactly. you can kind of like um, give them your own colors? Rainbow surprise, slime fashion DIY. Slime fashion DIY. Right, of course. Now, this isn't that much different than maybe a commercial I would have seen in the 90s. I mean, obviously, f things about it are updated. Um, now, the fact that this is kind of being marketed towards little girls kind of turns my stomach the way they seem to be kind of put in a box here. But I'm wondering, is this worse than it used to be? Like, ex exactly this commercial we just saw? Or are we just more kind of aware of how gross this is? Well, I do think we should be more aware of how gross this is and how, how absolutely limiting and constraining it is that this is how girls behave. Like, if you think there's a boy within 100 miles of these commercials, you're mistaken. I mean, this is like, this is what girls do. But if you really want to be grossed out, and I feel like this is the one that's like just beyond, without question, indictable, play this one for Boxy girls. Okay. Can I ask you another question, though? Um, boxy babies. When you, excuse me. When you say that um, you, if you find a boy within 100 miles of this, you mean in the commercial, not that a little boy might not see this and want to get it. I mean, in the commercial and in every signal that's being sent about right, it. It's like, right. be, you know, yeah. If you're a boy, if there's a boy out there who loves glitter slime and DIY slime fashion, mm -hmm. God bless. And I'm sure there are. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I take issue with how this is being positioned. Right, right, right. Okay. Ready to unbox with your boxy baby. Change their diaper, change their clothes, give them a bottle, tickle their toes. Now, all these little, like, the diapers, the booties, they're all coming out of these tiny, tiny little boxes that are about the size of my thumb. Yes. But I got big thumbs. And when they say mommies, they don't mean adult women. Right. They mean little girls, a.k.a. mommies. Right. Buy these doll babies, and then with them come 
uh, brown brown paper boxes that you then get to have an unboxing mm-hmm. boxing experience. But like again, the dolls are kind of unboxing them. Yes. But you're also kind of surprised by what's inside. Yes, I guess exactly. Okay. You're you're really the one doing the unboxing. And Boxy Babies is one of a line of a whole. It's a whole boxy world out there. <laughs> and I want to. It's a boxy world. <laughs> Uh, and what I'll this is a this is a Vox article about it. Boxy girls are dolls whose only hobby is online shopping. Oh my god! Um, and this is um, it's by a a toy maker called Jay at Play, um, which reportedly made about 140 million dollars last year selling this like selling this kind of stuff. Um, boxy girls are boxy. Their eyes and heads and mouths and feet are designed to look sort of like boxes. Mm. Um, it's meant to draw a parallel between the girls themselves and the box clothes, accessories, and surprises that come with them in miniaturized shipping boxes um, because boxy girls are dolls that shop online. Um, they're boxy and they love boxes. They combine the culture of online shopping with a spinoff on the unboxing trend. Um Looks like this article was written um, around Christmas time of last year, yeah. like last Christmas, saying that this was the huge trend. So I'll bet you, I mean, again, you and I are kind of like seeing this with fresh eyes because we don't go in this world. I'll bet you the parents who are listening or some parents yeah. who are listening are like, uh, yeah, guys, you don't know about boxy girls? And I don't know what I would say to a, a kid who wanted this, for, yeah. who wanted this, these toys. Joe Sutton, who's the president of Jay at Play, uh, says... Uh, he won't say the name Amazon because they have a deal with Walmart. So he just always refers oh, okay. to Amazon as like the company that shall not be named. But okay. clearly this is about getting Amazon boxes on your porch. Uh, he says, the boxes feel and open very much like a shipping box. So we include things like tissue, paper, and confetti. And with the girl, uh, with the girls comes the continual opportunity to buy one, uh, what, what, what more unique fashion. God, this guy can't. Either someone can't write or this guy can't speak. Or both. With the girls comes the continual opportunity to buy more unique fashion accessories from what we call our lookbook. Hmm. All of this gives the effect of receiving an online order form uh, from sites like Kate Spade or Sephora. Um, he says that, uh, what was the quote that was just so awful? We wanted to give kids the experience that they're truly receiving online orders shipped to them <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> Oh, my God. And by the way, the writer wanted to go check out their warehouse, but was told that the company is moving to Florida. And when the writer said, like, well, couldn't I just go see where what, you know, like whatever they're doing right now and was simply told again, Jay at Play is moving to Florida. Really? So for some reason, they don't want the reporter seeing what happens behind the scenes. Yes. Uh, Jay at Play currently has an F rating from the Better Business Bureau, mostly due to reports of unresponsive or unhelpful customer service. Oh, wow. Um, And so the, the writer was not allowed to visit their New York showroom. Can I, um, I don't usually do this, but I'm not as quite as turned off by the Boxy Baby commercial as you are, but I did think that I could add Doctor It a little bit, and I made a kind of a remix okay. of that Boxy Baby song. Can I play for you my version? Sure. Boxy Baby! Show you in the box! Who's in the box? Boxy Baby! Uh, what's in the box? What's in the f***ing box? <laughs> Everything I do on this show is to get a reaction from you. That's from, what is it? Is that from 10, the movie? What's yes, the, yeah, it's famously 10. from the movie 10. No, no. Oh, seven, seven, <laughs> seven deadly sins. <laughs> what did I say one time? What I like about the Philadelphia Phillies is that they're in New York. <laughs> did I say that one time? I think that sounds right. I couldn't think of the name of the movie for a second. What's in the box? So, I don't know why I'm so exercised about this. I mean, the world's falling apart. It's like everything's terrible. This you needed just, a hot take on a commercial th- break. Well, this just feels 
so egregious to me. Like, what is happening? We're, yeah, no. Their only hobby is online shopping. Yeah, no, it's it's appalling. It's appalling. I mean, there's. A, I don't like. People have been kind of attacking the Kardashians for years and years. I don't like to get on that boat because I think it's a very broad brush that is being painted. Um, and it's kind of just a shortcut to some of the more nuanced things that are happening in our culture. But when you look at that first, that that chalet thing, the first thing I thought was like, oh, this is a Kardashian right. world for little girls. The fantasy now, of being, having unlimited wealth and having nothing to do with that wealth except conspicuous consumption. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm especially exercised about it because it's so gendered. Yes, it's exactly. not just about hey, this is what we are as a society. It's this is what wi- this is the the niche that women have to fulfill in society. There's an ad in here about Hatchimals and doing a gender reveal party <laughs> with your Hatchimal. Oh my god, Hatchimals! If anything should be beyond gender, I would hope it would be something called Hatchimals. You fake. would think, um, and also like the the exclusivity or on both levels because not only would you like I was saying like I have nothing against dolls so to speak and Rainbow Surprise is basically like it's just the modern version of a long tradition of dolls which is take dolls and then dress them up yes. and, and express a little creativity sure. in that way. All the way back way. to paper dolls. Exactly. Right? There's nothing wrong the with continuum. that. And if it's in a mix of a bunch of toys that your little girl wants to play with and your little boy wants to play with and then the girls aren't limited to only toys marketed towards them that are about shopping or fashion but also that the boys would be included as well and that you would also see little girls in G.I. Joe commercials. I mean, I don't think they're making G.I. Joe's anymore, so I'm a little... I think they are. Are they? I'm not sure. But whatever, like kind of the action hero kind of thing. I mean, you're starting to see a little bit of boundary breaking around the edges of that with some some of the women characters in the Marvel Universe and stuff. But it's just not. I mean, it's still like such a huge divide between how little girls and little boys are marketed. Yes, to. I agree. The women, girls should have the military industrial complex marketed to them also. <laughs> it's all terrible. It's the thing, like I, I get mad about one thing and then I think about some alternative and right. that's equally infuriating. Right, right, right. Um, I don't want to cut you off, but do you want Before me to... Before my head explodes, Do you want me to you cheer should. you up with a little bit of Andy's Corner? Sure. I hate the name of this segment so much <laughs> didn't I say it on the fly during the show I don't know the... but you really for something that you hate so much you really leaned into it I think we've had one in every episode since, since you we... came up with it I just like having a little playground where I can just kind of talk about something that's on my mind commercial related that doesn't necessarily fit a theme right that yeah I, I wish you branded around. it more like Andy Rooney that can be done <laughs> Can you remind me about that for the next time we do an Andy's Corner? Get the get the 60 minutes. Yeah. Uh, click, click, click. Um, I mentioned this at the top of the show. Again, a lot of today's content comes from us watching uh, Ghostbusters last night. That's right. Another commercial that just popped up was the original Tootsie Pop commercial. Little boy goes up to the owl, says, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? The owl takes two licks, then bites it and says, three. Um, I've been seeing this commercial my entire life. I thought for sure when I was seeing it in the, just in a regular commercial break yesterday, that it would be meta in some way, that Tootsie Roll is using clips from their old commercials, or Tootsie Pops, I guess, is using clips from old commercials and then updating it. There seemed to be no difference in it. They might have changed the the voice at the end. Sounded like it might have been updated a little bit. It didn't quite sound as scratchy. But everything else about it, this was just a 30-second Tootsie Pop commercial that I've been seeing 
my entire life, and it, I looked it up today, it came out in 1970, and it is indeed the longest-running commercial currently on TV, although I do want to point out that the Guinness Book of World Records gets it wrong. I, I don't know what's going on with Guinness. I've lost my faith in them. I think it's not Not like, Guinness! Yeah, it's more like, because they list something else that Have came out in 1975, left? and I think that Guinness lists things based on people who've applied to be in the book. Yes, that's widely known. Yeah, so in other words, they're saying that this one from 1975 is the longest running commercial when clearly this one is still running. Now, apparently this uh, OWL commercial was created in 1968, according to one article I read, but it started getting widespread airtime in 1970. Now, if you go to the Tootsie Roll website, they say that the OWL was actually born in 1970. So I don't know, a little bit of a, a conflict there. I'm sure that we will uh, fight it out online. Um, by the way, did you know there's a longer version? I bet you this will... Um, maybe shake a memory or two loose. We always see the the back half of the commercial just where the little boy goes up to the owl, but he actually goes up to several creatures before he gets to the owl. He goes up to a cow, a fox, a turtle, and then eventually the owl. Mr. Cow. Yes? How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? I don't know. I always end up biting. Ask Mr. Fox, for he's much cleverer than I. Mr. Fox. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Why don't you ask Mr. Turtle, for he's been around a lot longer than I. This fox is cool as hell. He's wearing sunglasses for some reason. He's like a hipster, kind of like a, a jazz hipster, crudely <laughs> drawn I fox. I love how crudely drawn these animals yeah. are. Yeah, it's really like a children's book, right? Yeah. Me? I bite. Mr. Turtle. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Honey, he never made it without biting. Ask Mr. Owl, for he is the wisest of us all. And Mr. now owl, we go up to the owl. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? A good question. Let's find out. One, two, three, three. <laughs> if there's anything Still I can't stand, it's a smart owl. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? <laughs> the world may never know. So it's a great commercial. Such a great tagline. So it's been running. Uh, it never stopped running since 1970 when it made its uh, broad debut. I was obsessed with the voices because so many of them sounded familiar to me. The child's voice, which didn't sound familiar to me, is just a kid's voice. Buddy Foster is that actor's name. He's been in several things. He's Jodie Foster's older brother. That is a piece of trivia. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Mr. Cow was played by Frank Nelson. He's the one you hear the cow say, yes. Well, he's the guy. He showed up in all of the kind of Nick at Night uh, reruns that I grew up with. Here's a montage of Frank Nelson saying, yes, that's in not various the guy TV from, shows. That's not the guy from... Um Malibu Bikini Shop, is it? I'll bet you it is. So watch this um, Watch this compilation. I think it's him. Yeah. 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 That's Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. 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 Now he's showing up in all these uh, Simpsons. Oh, yeah. See? See? <laughs> yes! Yeah, 
says, yeah. So anyway, but that voice probably rings a bell. And Genevieve mentions Malibu Bikini Shop, which is weird that that is something that we talk about so much in our house. We had a TV network for a while that was called Impact, right? Yes. And, and it had a it had a big impact. <laughs> aptly named. Was it Impact? I think it was. Or was it? It was, or was it called like dynamite or something? I anyway, I think it was. I think it was impact. And we could. This is in the early days of kind of on-demand watching, mm-hmm. uh, like in the clunky old cable screen. And their impact would always show these like, um, like kind of TNA nineteen seventies era movies. Yeah. Like think uh, think like Smoking the Bandit, but like less good. Yes, and as a matter of fact, another one of these actors, I almost wrote it down. And I didn't. Another one that we liked was Six Pack Annie. Yes. One of these actors was in Six Pack Annie as well. Anyway, <laughs> Malibu Bikini Shop. That's where this, I use this drop all the time on this show. Uh, or I guess more on TBTL and sometimes on this show. Aloha means hello and goodbye. Goodbye. No, I'm going to say that's a different voice. Yeah, I don't actually, think that's Frank Nelson. Now that I hear that. But uh, anyway, but the yes thing must ring a bell. Um, so that was the cow. And then you have the fox, the the cool guy wearing the sunglasses. That is Paul Fries, who plays Boris in Rocky and Bullwinkle. When our last episode was switched off in utter disgust by over 37 million anxious viewers, those two wrongs, Boris and Natasha, were proving they couldn't make a right. A right bad idea. Think, darling, think. There must be something really rotten we can do today. I'm thinking. But the worst I come up with is helping to make Moose and Squirtle show one. An hour longer. That is Paul Fries that was playing the fox. The turtle was played by Ralph James, who was Orson from. More calling Orson. Come in, Orson. More calling Orson. Come in, Orson. Mork and Mindy. More calling Orson. Come in, Orson. Come in, lazy breath. <laughs> Watch it, Mork. That's I'm him. only 60 million light years away. Just tell me what you've learned about Earth. Oh, I've learned a lot. So much it's hard to comprehend. It seems that everyone on this planet is an individual, and not only that, they're proud of it. Amazing. If everyone's different, how can a society function? You know that voice reminds me of is the voiceover guy who did the Encyclopedia Britannica commercials. Oh, who yeah, we a later bit. learned was like kind of a huge legend in the advertising business. But right. no, it's this actor. I'd forgotten about um, the whole Ors- calling Orson thing from Mork and Mindy, which I watched, I think, a lot Did as you? a kid. I yeah. never really got into Mork and Mindy. I've seen an episode here and there, but it was not really a, it's not a big nostalgic thing for me it's amazing how it's like now it's so clear to me you know Iyer Glass always famously talks about the moment of reflection and that's what makes the This American Life stories kind of different or stand out at least 15 years ago or 20 years ago as radio people we would hear that and be like oh yeah that's the key the moment of reflection and shows like Mork and Mindy had that built in all the time like every week something first of all kind of a a fence post that you can rely on as a viewer, but then also like a way of kind of saying like, what did we learn? Yeah. I mean, South Park does it every week. Do they? Yeah. You know, I learned something today. I mean, that's like oh. that happens literally at the end of every South Park. <laughs> so anyway, that's the turtle. That's Orson, Mork from Orc's boss. And then the owl is Paul Winchell, who is the voice of a couple of people you might know, including Tigger. 
Oh, uh, glad to meet you. Name's Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tigger's a wonderful thing. The tops are made of the rubber, the bottoms are made of the spring. The bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful things about Tiggers is I'm the only one. <laughs> it's kind of a shame that, you know, I mean, all of these, all of these voice actors who did the Tootsie Pop commercial... You know, that was what they did for a living, right? They're primarily voice actors for cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot and, of them were also actors and a very, like, they would show up in a lot of just TV shows. From oh, well, era. I was going to say, I mean, there there was also a class of people or, a, a you know, there was an era when people had, you know, Mel Blanc, of course, yeah. among the most famous. There are others who are huge names who really did did all of the voice acting for a lot of cartoons. And now I feel like it's just a way, it's just a thing, like any kind of movie that comes out that's animated uh, or digital only will just have like, you know, Steve Carell or, you know, someone just super famous as the the voice. And it's just... As opposed to the art of actually voice acting. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, and I I mean, Steve Carell's probably a bad example because I think he actually does kind of do some voice acting in the one that he's most famous for, which I think is... um, the one with the minions. Oh, okay, yeah. I think it's called Minions. No, it's the other one that. Oh, that, Despicable that, Me yes, was the first exactly, one, that spawned and then the minions. minions. Yeah, right. Um, but a lot of them are just like, "Hey, I'm J Lo, and I'm this character now." Right, you know? right, right. Mister Owl was the voice of Tigger, and also this guy from my childhood. Happiness. I can feel it. That happiness in my forest, <laughs> and I hate it. Cut out that happiness. That's an order from me, Gargamel. <laughs> I must Gargamel. Gargamel. That's a weird name. It is a weird name, and he's so angry. Sometimes yeah. I think to myself, don't be a Gargamel. Like, he's just <laughs> he's just, just so angry all the time, expelling so much, like, energy on The negativity. older I get, the more I'm team Gargamel, though. <laughs> yeah, you are? You don't like the Smurfs? I can see why they were off-putting. If you were a Smurf, which one would you be? <laughs> Probably Brainy. Yeah, yeah you be would honest. be brainy, yeah. And he's the worst one. Would I be one of the dopey ones or would I be the angry one? Is there an angry one? Is it well there's one who's really angry all the time. I hate Smurfs. I hate this. I hate that. Oh, okay. I guess you could be that one. But then there's the other one who's the prankster who's Didn't always. Didn't we giving take away. a what Smurf are you quiz a long time ago and you came On back? This show? No, no, like just in life. Oh. Um that's what we do as adults. I, yeah. And I mean well we were young adults, but I really think that if I recall correctly, you you came back as Papa Smurf because I feel like you hung your hat on that for a while. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that, but it sounds like something that I'd be proud of. All right. You want to check in with the Ad Council? Sure. Because this could go on forever. Yeah. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Did you see this? Oh, go ahead. What's that? Oh, I was just thinking about jingles, and I was thinking about uh, Tootsie Pops. And one of my favorite jingles is actually for Tootsie Rolls. You remember the one I'm thinking of? I came. I think that one came out a few years, like '74 or something. Yes. Whatever it is, I think I see becomes a Tootsie Roll to me. Yes, I. Um, I'm going to look that up. Tootsie Roll jingle because I watched that a bunch. That's another classic commercial. With I love this era of animation, which I it doesn't say right here. I want to say this was sometime between '74 and '76. <laughs> Whatever it is, I think I see Becomes a Tootsie Roll to me Tootsie Roll, how I want you to 
That makes me want a Tootsie Roll so bad. I know. I don't even really like Tootsie Rolls that much, but the imagery in this makes me want one. I just want one. Yeah. Hey, did you see this email from Abby who says this isn't technically a commercial, but it's some crazy outside the box advertising that I want to share with you. Wendy's has released a free Dungeons and Dragons style role playing game. And while I'm not an expert on the subject, having only played the original game twice with a character I not so cleverly named Teddy Roosevelt, my friends in the know. <laughs> so wait, just let me slow down a second. Abby once played Dungeons and Dragons and named her character Teddy Roosevelt, which I love. Oh my god, that is amazing, Abby. <laughs> Abby says, "My friends in the know say it's actually Everyone else a pretty." Everyone is like Glorkazam, and she's yeah. like Teddy Roosevelt, Teddy Ro- that, President. That's, that's like Teddy a Leslie Roosevelt. Nope pick right there. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Uh, my friends in the know say this game from Wendy's is a solid game. I myself am curious about the copyright. Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, I think she's saying here that it's the Wendy's game that's solid, not just the d and I myself am curious about the copyright infringement situation on something like this, but no one seems to be talking about that. At any rate, at any rate I thought this would be of interest to you, and she sent us a link to this ad week uh, uh, story five perilous choices you'll face in the Wendy's role playing game. It's called Feast of Legends, of course. Um, you first have to choose your your weapon, unlike the usual sword or mace type of weapon. Um, players have uh, the option of taking a spoon, a spork, a ladle, or blow all your starting cash and go for the cast iron skillet. And that's a three d six level of damage. Um, Let's see. Uh, what will you eat during gameplay? Um, so you have to chow down on a Wendy's menu item while you play, and you're rewarded with enhanced abilities in game. As in life. Pretty clever. Um, which mystical marketing oriented order will you join? Order of the spicy chicken sandwich is one example. Um, and it goes on from there. So we'll put a link to it on our Facebook page. But yeah. uh, that's a pretty good especially if i'm understanding this correctly and abby says her D loving friends say that this is actually a good version of a game like this that's pretty impressive i think it is great and you know abby asked about infringement uh copyright infringement but i don't think there's anything to stop anyone from doing a a role playing game, game yeah. that that's like in the in the magical realm i mean you know you can't use D D, and i'm sure that there are other properties that that dungeons and dragons owns that are not that you're not able to use, but I don't think you can own like you know mystical dragons and magical worlds any more than you can own the sky. Any more than you could own the or sky or the air that we breathe, right? Um, or an army full of orcs. <laughs> we had a um, no. You can own an army full of orcs. It's actually oh, a really dark me. world. You're, yeah. Yes. Um, we had a one listener ask other listeners if they've ever been in commercials. And we've been hearing from folks who've either made commercials or been in commercials. This is from Clyde, who says, I'm not sure if this counts as being in a commercial, but I did dig this up off the web. I'm the trumpet player you can hear in the audio track. Uh, this is a commercial for, how do you say this company name? V-A-I-O. They make computers. Yeah, I think it's Vio. I mean, that they've been around for a while but I think it's Vio. That makes sense. And uh, this is for the Vio Slim Top Tablet. Clyde says, um, you can hear me in the audio track mostly through the first half of the advertisement with a little fade in at the end after the voiceover track. Uh, it was a quick session. 
it was a union gig, so I got decent pay. When I still lived in Los Angeles, I think it took me all of about 20 minutes. I just played a set of licks over the drone and rhythm track. The engineer cut it up, put some effects in, and looped it all together. I received the occasional 30-cent check <laughs> for about a year after that, so I know that it was run nationally for a while. I left in LA in 2003, so this predates that. So let's take a listen to Clyde's trumpet work in this commercial. It sounds like a um, early 2000s public radio talk show, doesn't right, it? Right, right. We're here to bring you the issues that affect Boston and the greater <laughs> world. Pen to paper. Um, this is like, this seems like maybe it's one of the early. Uh, is this a touchscreen that they're advertising? They, the, it has the way a it's stylus. Being, it looks like the way it's being advertised is a bunch of people just you're seeing them through glass and they're painting on yeah. what I guess is meant to represent the screen. So it's a little confusing. Well, it's like, a tablet slash PC. So this is yeah. kind of like, so tablets have been out now, but they're pretty big. This one is big and it's a ta- you can attach it to a keyboard. So it's well, kind it's some of, sweet licks. Yeah. Pretty, Good job, Clyde. I love that, Clyde. Um, and uh, I got another voicemail here. This is, or I guess our first voicemail of the day. This is from listener Caroline. I want to set this up. You mentioned, I think a listener mentioned on our last show, that Pizza Hut has a kind of a retro rebranding thing going on. They're focusing in on those old um, stained glass lamps. What do you call those kinds of lamps? Like there's Tiffany style Tiffany lamps. style yeah. Pizza Hut lamps. They've gone back to their old logo. I think it's a marketing move that really makes sense. But their log line is something like, if you want a pizza, go to the people that have pizza in the name. And you're <laughs> like, well, they all laugh. have they all have pizza in the name. And I kind of thought that I kind of lightly disagreed with you on that because you even said like Domino's, Domino's pizza. Yeah, but it's kind of like saying Rick's Hardware. Is hardware really part of the name? Or sure, you can identify Domino's without saying pizza. You cannot identify right. Pizza Hut without, without saying, saying the, pizza. Unless you just say, just say the going hut. to the hut. Go to the hut, which could mean you're in trouble or you want to meditate or you're going to go eat a bunch of deep dish pizza. Right, which is how I meditate. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this is from Caroline, who actually wanted to point out a flaw in our thinking. Hi, this is Caroline from Evansville, Indiana. I love your podcast. I just discovered it. Um, there's one quick thing that I wanted to mention, which is uh, recently y'all were talking about uh, the new Pizza Hut uh, thing, saying like pizza in the name. And you mentioned that like all Pizza Hut places have pizza in the name. But Domino's actually just did a big campaign where they specifically pulled pizza off their name. So they're just Domino's now. Hmm. Also, my least favorite jingle of all time is one from whenever I was living in the South, and it goes, call Goldberg, 800-600-6014. Call Goldberg, 800-600-6014. And it just played over and over again, like four (laughs) times in a row. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Have a good one. I didn't even realize what time it is. That is a great point about Domino's, just to go back for a second. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I think they, uh, I, I had forgotten that or, or maybe I was never totally aware of it, but but I, I know that she's right. And I guess that's just as well because their new ad, ad campaign is that they don't know how to make pizza very well. <laughs> right, so right, right. I guess really 
you know, you really do want to like draw focus away from that aspect of your business. We might accidentally spit in your pizza. So don't worry. <laughs> we're going to surprise you with a pizza time, the next day when you're at work. Every time I see that ad now where they'd like list all the ways that they could fuck up your pizza. Yeah. It makes me laugh harder and harder. It gets funnier with every watching as I imagine all the other ways that they could. <laughs> right. Because you just want to keep adding to the list. Yes. I don't know. Maybe I'll step on it. Maybe I'm mad. <laughs> um, I already played the jingle time uh, jingle, but. But I uh, do want to stay in jingle time mode here. We got this voicemail from Christina a little while ago, and I love it. Hi, uh, this is Christina. I live in Everett, Washington, and I've been meaning to call in because this jingle's actually been stuck in my head, and I can't remember if somebody sang it already, which is where it came from, but sometimes it just randomly shows up. So um, I apologize in advance for <laughs> my lack of singing ability, but here it goes. I love bumblebee, bumblebee tuna, yum, yum, bumblebee, bumblebee tuna. I love bumblebee, bumblebee tuna, love a sandwich made with bumblebee. Thanks, guys. That's great. Love the show. Bye. That was very good. That was very good. I loved that. I remember once she sang it, I remember the jingle. I don't think anybody's ever called in with that one before. I don't think so. This is another real classic one, too. Bumblebee, you can tell it's the freshest tasting tuna, and you know something? Kids can tell too. This ad is bonkers, right? It's like this is the type. This is like near the end of Mad Men. A, a tripped out Don Draper yes. decides to do one of these hippie ads. It's a bunch of kids running first through like the rocks, and then they end up on a beach, and they're all holding one string of this big bumblebee float. Yeah, it's like a balloon or float. Or balloon float, You know, yeah. like, a, like a Macy's Day, Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade balloon with the bumblebee mascot. Mm-hmm. And it's all washed out. It's like that 70s washed out, you know, uh, sort of seep, almost sepia color. Uh, and, they're, and they're floating this sort of like, you know, stay puffed marshmallow man type guy above them. Uh, as Through you hear, the rocks of the beach, over uh, just down a beach. Why a beach? Who can say? It's, but it's got a very. Um, what was the some of them are eating tuna sandwiches? Yeah, of course, stay on brand. I mean, it's very like I'd like to teach the world to sing, or I'd like to buy yeah. the world a coke, or you know that kind but of. But there's a, something a little terrifying about the bumblebee blow up man. This seems a little cultish. Yeah, this definitely seems cultish. Yeah, right? and because I also they're all. I don't know if it's the the film that is doing this or if this if they're actually all dressed in sort of red and orange, but that gives me a real like, um, you know, uh, who was the, what was the Rajneesh uh, cult? Oh yeah, out here. yeah. yeah. I or, if they all yeah. wore the orange and right. red. Um, by the way, in 2014, they revamped it, I think, uh, as part of some sort of anniversary celebration. And this is a dream pop version of this song. In this commercial, they bring back the imagery, too. I haven't watched this in a couple of weeks because I've had this in the queue ready to go. But I think we see the same thing. Only now we see a bunch of adults in office places and, you know, like they're in the big city. And we start to see a balloon coming through the streets of, let's say, New York. People are looking to the sky, hot dog vendors, office people, they see a balloon or something. 
So they're just sort of recreating the the original. There are people walking a giant bumblebee tuna balloon through the through the street. Yeah. Everybody's taking photos with their iPhones. It's got kind of a flash mob sensibility, sort of. What do you think about this revamped song? I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hundred year celebration. I think that's nice. It's kind of a good reworking of the song, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I kind of like the, the recreation, because that added to me anything for me, because it was before my time, but I know that if that was from my era, that would definitely catch my attention on TV. Um, oh, man, I went to buy tuna the other day. Yeah. Because um, I just felt like, I don't know, making some tuna salad. Um, and I bought, you know, and I went to go buy, like, either, I think I was going to get Starkist, but I was just going to go get, like, tuna, like you normally would get, like, Bumblebee or Starkist or whatever the store, you know, sort of, like, ran, regular brand is. And then I saw like the kind now that's like supposed to be sustainably caught mm-hmm. and not bad for the environment. And it's like an 89 cent can versus like a $3 can. Wow. Yeah. It's, I, I didn't, I got the 89 cent can. Of course can. you did. That's fine. Felt really did bad. you eat it yet? No. I wouldn't eat canned tuna fish anyway. Um, I got this voicemail from Laurel. Hey, Andrew and Genevieve. My name is Laurel. I'm calling from West Seattle and I have a jingle for you. It goes like this. OB, it's the way you should be. Keep it simple and set yourself free from the extra that you really don't need. Just try OB and you'll see. Genevieve, that was for you. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> I assume she means because I understand what all of that means. OB uh, is a tampon, a tampon brand or was or is. It is, it is okay. a tampon brand. And it is the one it is one of the ones that doesn't have a like a bunch of applicator and plastic. It, it, it is it has much less waste associated with it. It's just like a little Keep guy. It simple. It's just a little guy. Just a little guy. Like the um, like the song says, Keep it simple. The idea is that they're real small and, and they can fit in your purse and it's not like a whole big production. Now, let me ask you this. Did you, so I, I know that you met Meg, I'm sorry, you met Laurel this weekend at the TBTL event that we did at the boat because she mentioned that in part of her voicemail that I ended up cutting because it just wasn't relevant, I thought, to our interests here <laughs> on, after these messages. But that same night, I got this voicemail from Megan. Megan, Seattle. Opie. It's the way you can be. Keep it simple and set yourself free from the extras you really don't need. Just try OB and you'll see. And the fact that Laurel yes, now I remember mentioned that said yes. that's for you, and then I got another person from Seattle leaving the same thing. You, Laurel, and Megan must have been talking about. We OB did, and now I'm remembering. And I apologize uh, that it 
took me this long to put it all together but i harangued these two lovely women to call in and sing it and sing their the 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 jingle because they were like oh we wanted to but you know we have we just haven't yet and i was like do it do it <laughs> that sounds about so right i got up in their you kind of got up in your cups that night i did and i got in their grills and i really appreciate uh you both um you know Bowing to my will. I so, guess. so Laurel and Megan, did they know each other and they had a plan to call in together, think, or did you bring them together and then? I can't believe I can't remember, but I think that they were already friends. Okay, when I met gotcha. them. Gotcha. Anyway, well, I thought it was just great job, you guys. Too much of a coincidence that we yes. had those like two hours apart on the voicemail. No, line. it was perfect. Thank at, you. At the most. You can sell anything. Man, what a fun show. A tight little compact show. Uh, and I loved those voicemails. I love the jingles. You can call, leave a jingle, or just weigh in on anything that's on your mind. The number is 607-444-5597. That spells 607-444-5597. You can sing us uh, jingles, but you can also just weigh in on anything you want to weigh in on. Absolutely. Um, and you can email us if uh, if email's more your bag at After These Messages Show at Gmail. You can visit us on the Facebook group where it's always a good time. That's uh, Just look for us on Facebook. It'll be the After These Messages group. All right. For a good time, find us on Facebook. That's right. All right, everybody. Talk to you next Tuesday. New to the kid. What can you do to the kid? Totally stupid and sick. No scruples. Cool man. Ice cream. Scooping it. You can sell anything.